0: Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time.
1: Hello, Blanket Huggers. Stefan here. On March 28th, 2021, Josh and I received a message through our website Submit a Sighting Form from someone claiming to be Terry R. Wrist, the man referenced in Hell Here, and the man interviewed by Alan Greenfield in Secret Cipher of the UFOnauts. From there, we received a number of cryptic emails filled with information on places to search for answers to the larger mystery of the quest and journey Josh and I have been on. So we decided, fake or not, we should take it seriously, as much of the information given panned out and definitely opened our eyes to many new things. So we enlisted the help of Astral Stew co-host Santosh and Fearscape guest and Greenfields publisher Olaf Phillips. Together, the four of us have been digging deeper and deeper into not only the true identity of our source of paranormal gold— whether he is the Terry Wrist or not, but also into the mystery of the information given us. It has led us to some amazing doors into such things as the Secret Space Program, Hollow Earth, Darrow and Tarot, caves, underground bases, government cover-ups and conspiracies, and so much more. So if you would like to learn more about these emails, Terry's advice on where to look for more high strangeness, and our conversations and discoveries thus far, please become a monthly subscriber to our Patreon, called Wristwatch, at fearscapepodcast.com slash support, or patreon.com slash fearscapepod. There you can get access to the emails themselves, the WhatsApp conversation about it all with Josh, myself, Santosh, and Olaf, and even any new clues that we have found. You can even join the investigation and add anything you have found to help us dive deeper into the mystery. You will also get access to other Fearscape-related things, such as extended interviews with guests not aired on the show, early access to Estes sessions with us and friends, and so much more. Wristwatch is a Patreon exclusive for our most dedicated fans. Join today and discover why the truth is now.
2: Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined as always by my prudent and judicious co-host, Mr. Josh Rutledge. How are you, sir?
0: I thank you very much, sir. Yeah. I've been, so. oh, hoity tweety. Oh, ho.
2: oh Stephen Joshua. Yeah. Miffy and I are going to go yachting this weekend.
1: <laughs> Miffy? Not even Muffy. Oh, I just, I don't know. Miffy? Oh, there. Well, there's a character, too, Muffy, from one of my favorite horror movies called April Fool's Day. And it is not Miffy, though. It's Muffy. Both, well, both names are gross. Miffy Sorry.
2: is a call to um, One Crazy Summer. I wouldn't know that movie at all. <laughs> wouldn't know that movie
1: at all even though I I I did give you back the the same VHS that I lost 25 years ago I have
2: have now owned three copies of that movie (laughs) I have owned three copies um two I bought for myself one you bought for me off of eBay
1: (laughs) you don't know I got I had I had that saved in a trunk whatever anyways
2: we got a really
1: (laughs) speaking of uh traveling through time um to go get things uh we got a great episode uh we're gonna be talking about a very 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 cool topic that um i stumbled upon a while back called the montauk project it is uh loosely related to the philadelphia experiment uh project rainbow a number of different really cool things uh, that is a uh, potential fake thing. We don't know um, because there's, you know, no uh, real information from the government on it yet, but there are a number of people that claim to have been a part of this uh, this project. So it's, it just keep your pants on folks it's gonna be a good one. so let me tell you um but yeah before we get into that of course we got to get to our segmentes which is french for segments um and the very very first segment of course is the psychic word of the week and now the psychic
0: word of the week
1: psychic word of the week from the encyclopedic psychic dictionary from Junji g bletzer phd rest in peace honey bear uh, i flipped through the pages and i've landed on uh, page 590 um and the phrase that grabbed my attention was star people Not, not to be confused with the letter people. Um, For old guys like us from the old PBS series, the letter people. These are not them.
2: Or the number munchers. Or
1: the number munchers. Um, I know a number of number munchers. Um, We're gonna get on this here. Uh, So here's what it says about star people. Star people, soul minds who were born of earthly parents, but who have had past incarnations on other planets, which were more evolved than Earth, and who are here as planetary helpers for the coming age. They show these similarities. They have an unusual blood type. They have low body temperature, feel an urgency to accomplish goals, feel displaced here, yearn for another home, were unplanned children, and are very good artists, or musicians they hear buzzing in their ears when doing psychic work can perform healings had an outstanding psychic experience when a child for or when as a child for example a visitation by one admitter ministering guidance and comfort they have frequent dreams that involve multi-moon planet environmental scenes and they perform their best work
2: at night star people well I mean I, I check like four of those boxes so then you
1: are an asteroid person then. Yeah. You're an asteroid person. I think asteroid. you're an asteroid hole. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, have heard this term before. Um, sometimes it gets uh, loosely traded off with indigo children, but they're very different mm-hmm. things. Um, but yeah, I, I've we've heard this. We've come across us in different forms uh, throughout our journey here. And even on this show, people have talked about it.
2: Well, that, that's like, so like the whole thing around the temperature, uh, you know, being low my basal body temperature is 97.1.
1: Yeah. Mine, I check every day at work. We have to when we come in, yeah. and mine sits at around 97.5, 97.4, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Zen Benefield. I bet you he probably would check all of these (laughs) he would definitely be a star person in my mind (laughs) if anybody is it's him Santosh is probably a star person Um, let's be honest here Um, and who knows uh, some of your uh, past life regressions or dreams that you've had may indicate that as well who knows who knows who freaking knows the
2: shadow knows the
1: shadow knows and so do the star lords
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, Chris Pratt.
1: Chris Pratt knows. Yep. Chris Pratt knows. Ask him. He'll let you know. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving forward, uh, let's get into a brand new segment that we've got that we're going to introduce tonight, which is the Mandela Effect. So let's get cracking with this. Okay. I'm really excited about this. So the Mandela Effect, get ready for it.
2: Did you say Mandala?
1: No. no. I, said Mandela. I said Mandela. Mandela. The Mandela effect. Mandela effect. All right, so we've got the Mandela Effect. Okay, um, so there are a number of different Mandela Effects out there. For those of you that don't know what the Mandela Effect is, um, real quick, the Mandela Effect is a phenomenon that makes us question even the most mundane memories from the past. Uh, in fact, in June 2019, the famed New York Times crossword puzzle made it the theme and defined it as a recent refinement of false memory that typically refers to pop culture or current event references. Um, it was named by Paranormal researcher Fiona Broom. It's basically remembering something that doesn't match with historical records. For example, the stuff you use to make your home smell fresh isn't Febreze. Oh, it's not hmm interesting we'll save that one because i'm like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyways yeah so false memories here or as some people believe the mandela effect is simply a shift a dimensional shift that at some point uh some of us were a part of another dimension and they either got merged or shifted, and we ended up in this dimension so things were slightly different um and it, it's a mm. group of folks that um that believe this, uh, or excuse me, remember these things. Experience Uh, it. And as we go throughout the journey here and we go over a lot of these, some of these you're gonna be like, oh, wait a minute, I thought that too. And in fact, just trying to go over this with Josh, i went over, i gave him three examples and two of them he was like well wait a minute
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so um well the first one that we're going to use the very first mandela effect is well the one that the mandela effect is named after which is nelson mandela um there this is actually named after him this is the kind of the big one that sparked this whole thing there's actually two related here because they're uh, the, the the first one is really really simple um and it's the spelling of his name um a lot of people remember it being spelled m-a-n d-a-l-a um though it is spelled m-a-n-d-e-l-a and so there's that discrepancy as well that versus mandela versus Mandela, um so that that's a big one but the main one here is focused on nelson mandela's death so this is the reason we're here uh nelson mandela uh died in 2013. however countless people distinctly remember him dying in prison in the 1980s much like josh you said you remember that as well um and so yeah that's the that's the big one that there's i do not i do not ever remember him dying in prison i remember him getting out of prison and becoming president of south africa um but you here you also have that memory of him dying in prison so very very interesting that there there's a perfect example of the Mandela effect and its effect here's two of us and we each yeah. have a different memory different memory so I wonder though very interesting
2: is your memory influenced by the movie what movie the movie that was made of him that started starred Morgan Freeman never saw it oh never saw it it's been on my list for
1: a long time but hopefully uh, the movie
2: exists maybe that's not a (laughs)
1: no it does i know the movie you're talking about um but yeah i never did see it so i have no no earthly (laughs) clue (laughs) i don't remember that at all i'm gonna throw one more in here just because it's the first time we're doing it um but the big one that really gets people is looney tunes um, people very, very much remember Looney Tunes, the tunes being spelled T-O-O-N-S. like a cartoon. It was. It, it was. has not ever been. It is T-U-N-E-S, Looney Tunes. No, that's uh, not right. Yes, it is right. And I will explain to you why. Um, because it, they were trying to riff off of Disney's Merry Melodies. They were trying to do their own version. And so they called it Looney Tunes because the original Looney Tunes cartoons were, in fact, musical-related cartoons. That's why they were called Looney Tunes. Uh, And it just so happens that cartoons later on got shortened to tunes. I said shortened, but shortened to tunes. Um, But, yeah, even in the new um, Space Jam, there's people getting all up in arms because the new Space Jam trailer, he's got a a jersey on that says tunes, (laughs) T-U-N-E-S. And so people are mad. so... But yeah, so there, there's another one, and here's another one where Josh and I split. I don't ever remember it being spelled T O O N S. I always remember the tunes, um, with the T U N E S, like a musical yeah. tune. Well,
2: actually, I'm gonna take it back. So, I am picturing in my head. I think I'm picturing Tiny Tunes. and yes. tiny, now, tune, tiny
1: Tunes is
2: T-O-O-N-S. t-o-o-n mm-hmm. <clears throat> But yeah, so maybe that's what it is. Cause I don't ever really, I mean i watched looney tunes and syndicate right most yeah most probably of us most did. of our generation did mm-hmm. um so yeah that's, that's <laughs> probably i'm probably remembering it as tiny tunes
1: i tell you what i wonder if that's where this one comes from instead of kind of being a mismemory memory or a dimensional shift if if just people really especially our generation grew up watching tiny tunes so we assumed boom that's how it was too yeah very very interesting well that's our first that one yeah so there's the there's the mandela effect josh so uh you guys can look forward to more of that down the road um i have a list of tons of them that we can go over every year more and more come out people are finding there's a whole there's a massive subreddit that's amazing that will blow your freaking mind
2: is that uh now is that t-o-n-s tons or t-o-n-n-e-s it's t-u-n-n-s Oh, okay, okay. So is the third Mandela effect right there It's like
1: We both had a dimensional shift I took a dimensional shift last night after dinner
2: Did You know, you just said dimensional
1: <laughs> did, did I though? Or did you just shift over? And that's your memory of it
2: oh, Check you're the shift. tape
1: Check the tape
2: Oh, you're <laughs> shifting me, man You're shifting me <laughs> You piece of shift Alright Oh, I just shift my pants <laughs>
1: Oh man, I'm sorry, listeners. This is what you're, this is this is not your fault. This is not your fault. um All right, let's get moving on to our final segment before we get into the Montauk Project, which is creepy ketchup. It's back.
0: Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy all right creepy ketchup
1: we yeah. got some creepy ketchup you do i've got some minuscule things so i'll go first to get mine out of the way um still you know not craziness uh like what happens when we're together um, but i've definitely had a few uh little encounters uh so um of course the ghost cats just keep on keeping on uh here at my house and at work um, it keeps happening i mean today i saw a ghost cat like three times go underneath my desk man i'm telling you it's getting to me It's getting to me <laughs> these cats i guess i should start bringing some ghost treats
2: yeah you just just take out your hand and rattle it and then yeah like, ch-
1: the ch- 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 yep just let them that's all they want is a couple treats they just want some uh or those pounce treats that's all they want is some ghost pants friskies yeah there you go um but the other thing is is i think i mentioned this a few weeks ago that while um at my pool my sister and i saw our first daytime uap mm-hmm. um way up high above the clouds again blah, blah blah same thing literally saw the same thing this past weekend while i was laying in the same spot I'm looking out at the sky above the clouds again. Here's this white thing, this white little dot moving all around like it's moving forward and kind of looked like it was going up to me. I don't know. Maybe it was the cloud moving. I don't know. But then it just blinked out. It was gone again. It was almost like the same thing that I saw
2: with my sister. Hmm. Did you make note of the time and date?
1: hell no i was in the pool man i didn't have any pen on me or or anything
2: don't you have a watch that's waterproof
1: yeah but uh i didn't have it on because i left it upstairs because i have two bands i have one band that isn't waterproof and one that is and i didn't feel like switching it to the waterproof one, so i didn't wear it
2: so it only appears to you whenever you can't make note of the time and date
1: pretty much pretty much yeah I mean, I could lick my finger, test the wind, and look at the sun, and hope for the best. But
2: uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what test the wind has to do with the time.
1: <laughs> time, time shifts dimensionally. <laughs> dimensionally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that's my creepy catch up. Just tons of ghost cats um, and uh, another daytime UAP sighting. What do, What do you got, Josh?
2: Yeah. So um, I have a, have had a, a few things yeah so i've had i've had a couple things um the so my brother came out uh this this past weekend and uh, we did a little uh backyard fire pit action um which by the way if you're ever uh, in my backyard before i move um i rearranged my stone so it makes it more like a fire pit Hmm. does work so much better like it actually the smoke goes up and away from you as opposed oh, to really around you, so did you and,
1: bring it in closer and stack it higher or yeah. Something like that? yeah very cool Good idea. and uh the,
2: the heat actually does a really good job of staying right there so you actually get warmer stuff so anyways cool um so we went out there to do that uh we did a couple estes sessions um i channeled again uh my Ingrid friend um and uh uh, he actually uh, uh, let Stuart ask him questions, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then um, Stuart, uh, I think was doing some channeling. Uh, that was pretty cool. We got all that audio. we're gonna I'm gonna upload it to the drive later for us to listen to. Um, so one of the things that uh, in in a channel session that I had had between myself and uh, in, in the channel, um i'd asked for stuart to be able to see some uaps that night and um, you know i was like you know anything that you can do that'd be great so in the channel session with stuart um uh, the the channel said you know uh josh should ask for a black triangle i can't pull that off but i was able to pull some strings and uh it ought to be a pretty good show okay So we saw three UAPs that night. Wow. Like high, high, like satellite level UAPs. But I checked them against all of the apps that we use, you know, to check, you know, like there wasn't an airplane, wasn't a satellite, wasn't Starlink, wasn't the International Space Station. Um, Two of them were moving uh, north to south. And one of them was moving south to north. The one that was moving south to north Um, like when it got almost directly above us it blinked out
1: maybe they were playing monkey in the middle
2: maybe but uh, so I thought that was really cool Um, and then uh, 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 my brother Stuart's uh, session was really weird because um, he kept feeling like there was something in the woods like he kept feeling like there was something in the woods watching us um and in his when he would did his Estus it kept telling him it was like, uh, cross the gate, Stuart. we know you'll want we know you want to you'll never know such power like you will if you cross the gate
1: <laughs> sot with
2: power <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's so, all that man needs
2: so, um, but yeah, so that was really interesting and, and like he was felt like he was talking to probably uh two or three different entities uh that were coming through um yeah so that was that night um i've had just some crazy dreams lately i won't talk about each one of the dreams but just just some crazy dreams lately and then um a, a very fitting topic for tonight uh dealing a little bit with time in the course that the discussion before with the mandela effect today uh we had a little bit of a, a time shift i guess so my daughter had a um a, a meeting that was coming up at five o'clock p.m this afternoon at four fifty-eight, i said uh lily it'll be in, in two minutes i took a load of clothes put them in the washing machine started it um came back uh, helped uh, mother daughter with a little bit of her homework um, and then went back into Lily's room to check and see if uh, the person had joined the session and I looked at my watch and it was still (laughs) 458 I did like at least three or four minutes worth of activities and it was still the same time wow and earlier today like this morning. Now, skeptic says, "Is your watch dead? Is it a digital watch? What kind of watch is it?" Well, it is a digital watch, and it's and it's uh it's it synchronizes with my phone, okay. so um my phone synchronizes with the network. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that's now, all I-, I needed.
2: Now, I mean, it is AT and T, but you know, but still, uh, no. But if the battery was dead, it just wouldn't show anything. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, and I and like I sit there and I and like I watched it to make sure that it ticked over to the next minute and it did so it's just yeah. somehow three or four minutes worth of time went into one minute and then earlier today I have two cats I have an orange cat and a gray cat and the orange cat is uh, I'd say about double the size of the gray cat so in the kitchen my daughter was eating breakfast this morning the orange cat was looking at her and the gray cat was looking away from her she um looked down to take a bite of whatever she was eating looked back up the gray cat was looking at her and the orange cat was facing away from her
1: <laughs> don't mess with and, cats they're magic and just
2: like it's just like a, a a blink of you know flicker of of time there they switch positions so
1: <laughs> uh it's funny you say flicker because uh my sister and i's best friend growing up nikki her family used to call farts flickers
2: I I can see how that's relevant. I I, I can
1: see how that's relevant. (laughs) I used to find that so weird. So weird. Um, uh, Something that is actually relevant is it's interesting because I don't know if you recall, but in our chat with Santosh on Monday, he asked if anyone else felt like time was messing up. Um, He had mentioned that uh, time felt like it was messing up. He said that random exhaustion just kept hitting him. Um, All of a sudden, you know, time would have passed fast or slow or different things like Mm -hmm. that. So it's interesting that you had some uh, issues with it as well. Um, I've been having massive issues sleeping. Um, I've been one of those dudes that I used to swear by my internal alarm clock. If I told myself I needed to be up at 6, I could wake up without an alarm clock. I mean – forever I've been able to do that over the past week week and a half I've had to set three alarm clocks two on my phone one on an actual alarm clock and I still keep either a they're not turning on or I'm turning them off Um, because I keep waking up like with five minutes before I gotta leave and I'm like oh god like it's been happening for like a week and a half now and that's not like me, and it's so strange. And I'm trying to go to bed early. I mean, everything. It's weird. So is that,
2: is that why you smell like Febreze at work?
1: Yes, yes. And I wear <laughs> um, these Mr. T air freshener, car air fresheners. I have them taped to my armpits, so so that I can arm pity the fool. <laughs> i just party har har (laughs) oh man oh man um well before we get into the topic josh i just wanted to lightly touch on uh the new uap video that dropped that um you sent out to us uh that the dod uh is talking about and things like that um if you could quickly talk about that a little bit
2: yeah so actually i don't think anybody's talking about it right now I'm kind of surprised by that. Well, that's the point is that this Twitter account—I can't remember the the name of the of the Twitter account—but um, he, this this person, I don't know if it's a he or she—but they really want to get some attention to it because it's such a significant video. It's it's from Puerto Rico, right? It's um, the
1: NYUAP discussion is is yep. what it is.
2: So it was validated by the SCU, which, if you remember, we had um, our good friend Matt right
0: because uh, i
1: remember um a puerto rico video that he sent us ages ago yeah and for at first when i was watching this i was like is this the same video just like extended but no it's no. different it's a completely it's, different yeah. video
2: so if you have not seen it uh, it's pretty significant they uh so they were out doing uh basically a, a a drug run like you know sighting just to make sure you know was anything out there that was uh, looking, you know, running drugs or whatever, and they come across this fast-moving object that moves basically across the city, uh, moves down, goes into the water, comes back out of the water, splits in two, and then the second piece goes into the water and stays. The third piece goes a little bit further and then goes into the water and it disappears. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's some it's amazing crazy. footage, and nobody, like nobody, who's you know, I saw, uh, I saw three t- three tweets today from uh, one from melon um one from uh tom DeLong, and then one from our uh our good buddy uh jeremy McGowan, mm-hmm. and all of them were talking about the letter from the investigative committee or whatever to the mm-hmm. dod about their expenditure on uap investigations nobody is talking about this puerto rico video yep
1: i'm kind of surprised by it too man it I guess they, you know, those guys, they probably don't want to talk about it until it's verified. I guess, but I mean, but SCU
2: verified it to verify it from their own point of view. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's that's you know, I, I'm going to be honest. So that, that that right there strikes a nerve with me. Me too. Quite a bit that they constantly refer to um, credible sources, credible witnesses, mm-hmm. like an airline pilot. Uh, uh, a military pilot anybody in the military really something you know they're credible sources and they say it's because they're they have training to identify and rule out things but i mean i just what makes me not a credible person right. is it because i don't I've never been in the military that makes me not credible yeah i, mean, I just
1: my 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 little brother flies planes And uh, I feel like I would be able to spot something and identify it way better than he would.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I you know, when we talk about the stuff that we've seen in my backyard, I'm always quick to, you know, we look at the apps. We look to rule things out. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I know how far off the horizon something was, about how far in the sky it was. Like I mean, I can say all that information, all that jargon that the certified or qualified you know witnesses can say i just yeah it it bothers me that it took pilots coming forward before anybody took it seriously yep bothers me too and then we're getting to the point where lou and melon
1: and those guys feel like that they're the only people that can officially verify anything at this point that if it's not verified by them it's not legit right yeah that's 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 crusty dude i'm gonna use my sister's term that's real crusty (laughs) Like, come on, man. Like, you're not the end-all be-all
2: because you had a, you know. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, would I love to talk to some of those guys? Absolutely. But something that I realized the other day, or I mean, I not really realized the other day, but but something that just kind of uh, like pulled at my shirt tail a little bit was this has been going on for years, hundreds of years, thousands of years. We are not pioneers in this field. They are not pioneers in this field. Gray Barker, uh, Ray Palmer, Alan Greenfield, mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, John Keel, they were the pioneers, if you will, uh, for for really what brought it into the mainstream. Yep. <clears throat> these 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 new guys are just kind of riding on the coattails, but still claiming everything they're seeing is like net new, you know, yeah. I know. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you 100%.
2: Sorry, my little rant there a little No, bit it's there. okay. I think that's why people
1: listen to us. <laughs> you know, we laugh and we have a good time, but we keep our shit serious, man. Yeah. You know, and I, I do. We respect the elders of the ufology, you know, community, like, very much so. Uh, y- y- you're absolutely right. I mean, Jim Mosley, you can add into that. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, uh, what's his name? Um, Bender, or whatever his name is, that helped write that book with Gray. Just...
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and, and they did just as much research without nearly the resources mm-hmm. that we have today. Without that rock star money. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly.
1: So, but anyways, thank you for sharing that. Um, If you guys want to see that, uh, it is available on Instagram. Uh, It is ny underscore UAP underscore discussion is uh, the link that we have here on Instagram. It's a full 24-minute video. It's pretty cool. Uh, A couple of the folks that are talking on there are going to be at the SCU um, UFO convention online that they're having. Ah, uh, that will be soon. I think I just got an email about it. Yep. I can't remember. I apologize. Did
2: you also see that uh, Mufon is doing there? Mm-hmm. Uh, They're doing
1: theirs live.
2: Yeah. Yep. So, but like, if you're, but if you're a member with the Mufon TV, like package. add-on package, yeah, you can stream it.
1: Yeah, I know. I wish I was, but I just I don't know. I didn't like enough of the stuff on there to do it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, ooh, I'm not far from Vegas. I could get up there. I could get up there
2: anyway but, su- but they're supposed to have some some military and some commercial pilots uh mm-hmm. on site to testify so yeah so but you know, both more, of these more credible yeah. witnesses so more <laughs> You're such a douchebag <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and get to our topic, Josh. You know, I want to get talking about the Montauk project. So, uh, but before we get into that, let's take a very, very quick ad break. And, you know, just a reminder, you know, if you're uh, bored while listening to the ads, which we know people can be, go ahead and sign up for our Patreon. It's a perfect time. You can go to com slash support and join Wristwatch. We'll see you guys in a few minutes. Good evening, dear friends. I am your head mister, Stefan Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man
2: with no name, Lance Wayne.
1: And we are the misters of the dark.
2: Join us as we discuss everything from horror books, films,
1: and even pretty princesses. Ah! Join us every other Tuesday in our dilapidated mansion. You never know what's going to happen next. Only on the Fearscape Media Network.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good laugh.
1: Hey, blanket huggers. Stefan here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. And do we have a scary good deal for you right now? If you head over to fearscapepodcast.com forward slash Gamefly, you can get a 30-day free trial Gamefly subscription on us. Now, if you're not familiar with Gamefly, it's a game and movie rental service where you can play the hottest video games for systems like the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, or even the PS4. You can get up to two games or movies out at a time, and you can do that an unlimited amount of times a month. Josh and I love to play our game systems, and I am really enjoying the Final Fantasy 7 remake right now. And if you're like me, games are too expensive to buy and beat in the same weekend. Well, with Gamefly, you can get it and keep a game as long as you need. Then you just send it back and get the next game on your list. So head on over to fearscapepodcast.com forward slash Gamefly today and give it a try. Welcome back! Thank you guys for sticking around after the break for the meat—the meaty portion
2: of this sandwich of information that we have. I mean, today. people like meat and potatoes. Do you, when you have steak and potatoes, do you eat your potatoes before your steak or after?
1: I'm a, a at the same time guy. I take a bite of steak and then a bite of potato. It's bite of steak and a bite of potato.
2: Well, there so we real quick, not to get too far down on the steak and potato ramp but. Um, I like to take a piece of steak, dip it through the potatoes, and then dip it in au jus. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
1: And that is yeah. the
2: bomb diggity. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm kinda anyway, kind of <laughs> mad I
1: didn't come up with that myself. <laughs> that sounds delicioso.
2: Yeah, uh, Long Longhorn Steakhouse. That's my that's my <laughs> go-to. <laughs>
1: do i do like me some longhorn Um, but anyways yeah uh, anyway sponsor not
2: sadly (laughs) so yeah um montauk project right so you you um you got knocked out in an alleyway and from hanging a picture above a bathtub and when you came to you drew the the cover of the montauk book (laughs) no um, sorry hashtag Hashtag um, back to teacher. So, (laughs) where did you actually stumble across Montauk? Do you remember? I don't
1: even remember. I think it may be so. I can't even remember, to be honest with you. I'm going to take a guess that um, a few months ago, you, me, and Santosh stumbled across a TikTok video that talked about uh, someone stumbling upon something on the dark web that had a like a message board that dealt with a bunch of paranormal ufo things and so i did a deep dive since i'm the dark web guy um fbi you didn't hear that um i took a deep dive into this message board and i'm pretty sure there was a whole section on the montauk project there um and and through that i discovered that there was a um there was a book a number of books actually yeah um and there's a number of videos uh that were out there i think that discovery did a thing one of the episodes of one of their shows like they went out to where uh the montauk project was and met up with a guy that um says he was a part of it because it's a state park now um and he actually this guy was actually like a security guard there and his boss was all like in his, it's a crazy video um, that was on Discovery. His boss was like, "You, you can't talk about this." Like, <laughs> some cra- I don't know. It was crazy, dude. Nobody's gonna want to come to the park if they know. <laughs> no, it was, it a was not like experience. that. It was scary, like crazy, the way it was working out. And um, the guy's like, "He's all, oh, oh, I gotta freak it out." So, but yeah. Anyways, so I think that's how we stumbled upon it. Or it was when I was taking a deep dive into the Philadelphia experiment, which is one of my favorite topics and favorite movies. Um, it may have come up. During that, I may it may have been during that. So,
2: so <clears throat> I just know the 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 book cover uh, is a horse, mm-hmm. which I have yet to come up with why, uh, other than it looks cool.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's a horse called Montauk.
2: I don't. I don't know. But uh, so so to kind of give a little bit of a uh, so the Montauk project is really, um, I think it could be summarized as the continuation of uh, Project Rainbow, which was which was what the original project name was for what people commonly refer to as the Philadelphia experiment. Yep. And uh by the way, um Montauk is a horse. Ah. Well there you go. Yep. So Bob's your uncle. <laughs> yep. So um so to give a little bit of I think of uh, to give justice to the Montauk project, like we have to spend just a few minutes talking about not M death, but just a few minutes talking about what the Project Rainbow, aka Philadelphia Experiment, was.
1: Absolutely, because without it, you can't get into Montauk.
2: Right. So, um, World War Two was bad, right? <laughs> and, and I mean, <laughs> like, to
1: to say lightly,
2: yes, yeah. To <laughs> you know, it, like it was a real shift show.
1: I see what you did there. I remember you saying
2: shit, though. That's what. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so no, World War II was was significantly bad. And so they were looking at any way that they could, uh, the Allies were looking at any way they could to end the war sooner. And so um, working with Tesla, they were trying to make um, a ship... Uh, invisible to radar right um, and uh, they were doing this by trying to create well, like an electromagnetic bottle around the ship which would basically diffuse or or deflect uh, any radar weight you know radar signal that that happened to come into contact but what they accidentally did is uh, make the ship invisible to the naked eye and also transport it a couple of hundred miles, uh, to the Northeast to like the Norfolk area mm-hmm. and then transport it back, uh, to where they were in, uh, Bayonne, New Jersey. And so, um, when that happened, all the people who were on board the ship, um, lost their minds.
1: Yeah, a lot of well, not everybody, but a, a, a most of portion. them lost their minds, and then some of them were even found merged into bulkheads and walls. Um, yeah, that, that they were just a part of it. Um, I mean, we could spend an entire
2: episode just talking about the talking Philadelphia. about Philadelphia. But so, so they abandoned that project, and the lead scientist that was working on that project was moved to working on the Manhattan Project, which was the development of the a-bomb which ultimately what was used to end mm-hmm. world war II.
1: And there's a lot of folks that believe those guys traveled in time i mean in fact the movie from the eight well even the remake which is awful but the movie from the 80s that's what they said that they went in time into the 1980s and then they went back that they were gone for like a solid year
2: um yeah. things like that so so um so basically so they they abandoned the project um Or so they thought, or so people thought. So
1: they thought exactly on the books. Uh, On the books, they abandoned the project. Which, come on, we've seen this quite a bit in a lot of these projects where they say that they were abandoned, then we find like uh, you know we find out years later they kept going. You know,
2: I mean, it's kind of like if somebody's operating a business and they're and they're getting sued, um, and then they like sell all their stuff to a family member and then that family (laughs) member starts up a business doing the same kind of thing just has a different name just has a different name but you know it's totally legal. you're not
1: wrong you're not
2: wrong Um, (laughs)
1: you're not wrong and i don't know if you said this or not but the the ship was the uss eldridge
2: eldridge yep yeah
1: which is uh, which i think they turned into scrap they didn't end up like turning it into like a museum or anything
2: well why would they
1: well, they, they did a lot of those with the World War II ships. They kept them in general, oh, yeah. into
2: museums and things. But, but I mean, it... there was probably all kinds of weird things going on. Oh, on yeah,
1: chain. for sure. <laughs> like, they couldn't like, melt it down. It would, it's in yeah. space right now.
2: <laughs> right. They, they probably It's probably one of those that they sunk, and it's an artificial reef or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's inhabited entirely by octopus.
1: And it's weird because I remember this being called not the Philadelphia Experiment, but the Pittsburgh
2: Experiment i don't know i'm just joking i don't remember that i think you're making it up uh just joking anyways so um the book though is written by a guy i can't remember is it christopher nichols who said his name preston nichols preston nichols thank Mm -hmm. you
1: along with peter moon
2: which um preston nichols almost sounds like a fictitious name
1: and it may be there's there are a lot of people that think that it's a a pen name because he didn't yeah. want to say his real name
2: because there are a lot of like throughout the book there are a lot of uh fictitious names given to protect mm-hmm. people so um but uh if the real preston nichols or the person who claiming to be preston nichols is still out there and they happen to hear this podcast we'd love to talk to you we can uh trans your voice or whatever the transmogrify whatever the real preston
1: nichols please stand up Please stand up. No, because he's dead.
2: Probably not. I don't know. I mean, he would have been in his like probably twenties or thirties at the time that the book takes place was in the seventies and eighties. So he's probably he still out yeah, there. Yeah, he's still out
1: up. there. Uh, I'm gonna do a little double check while you're talking.
2: Okay. Um. So, anyways, the. Uh, Montauk Project. So he gone,
1: he died in 2018.
2: <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, no chance of having him on the show. Um he's out there with June G Blitzer. So um the so he came into the play and he, and he was um kind of he, he had somehow got a grant which is totally awesome, but he got a grant to do psychic research in an effort to debunk it.
1: Right, which is amazing.
2: Well, it's amazing that he got a grant to do psychic research. Because well, no, this
1: is the 70s and 80s, dude. I mean, like, look, you had MK
2: Ultra going on. You had all kinds yeah. of stuff. So, but he got a grant to do it to try to debunk it. In the process of trying to debunk it, he ended up finding um, a certain uh, wave, kind of like a radio wave that psychic energy flows on Mm -hmm. which uh, I'm really disappointed, A in two things. One, in the book it never tells me what the frequency of the wave is, because I really would like to know that. And B, now that he's dead, I can't ask him what the frequency Um, of the wave is.
1: Actually it does, Josh. Uh in the back of the book is Oh yeah, uh, there's that there's there's annotations back there. And he 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 has a whole like four pages about how to build one.
2: That's right. I remember now that he talks about there's, like, throughout the book, he calls out all the stuff that's in the appendancy. So mm-hmm.
1: Yep, so, that's yep. what I meant. And not, not annotation, but appendix. Yeah, so in the yep. appendix, they do. He, he gives you everything.
2: So, so, that's like my next science project. Um, but... That would be awesome. Um, so, he's working with all these psychics. Um, he... Uh, uh, one of his psychic friends... Starts um, having um, noticing that, like, during a certain time of the day, his psychic abilities shut off Mm -hmm. for like two hours and he can't figure out why. So, this uh, uh, Nichols guy rigs up some sort of a triangulation machine on top of his car and he drives around until he finds the source of the signal that is shutting him down. And it's coming from an old radar station at this old Air Force base on Montauk Point. So he inquires to try to figure out, you know, who's operating there. And basically, it's got tight security, like the military is operating there, but there's no actual like on the books record that yeah, the military is operating there.
1: It's done. Like there's nothing there. There's dilapidated buildings, big ge- there but the the radar, big radar satellite thing still sitting up there. This is on Long Island, it's at the very east end of Long Island, right on so, the yep. tail there.
2: And I mean, this is like in the I think when he finds it it's like in the late 70s I think or something like that. So, um then like one day he rolls up there. And it's all abandoned There's just like Paper strewn everywhere There's You know The gates wide open Um, It's just Everybody is Ghost town Mm -hmm. So he He goes And he realizes that There's a lot of like High Voltage equipment there that he would love to get his hands on,
1: right? Because he's also like an amateur ham radio, radio guy, guy. Yep. like so he loves all that shit. So he's always like hitting. He's basically like the uh, American pickers of the nineteen right. seventy. Like right. he would stop at but, all
2: these people's farms and shit. But he's only he's only interested in radio equipment, right? High voltage equipment, right? So, but um, <clears throat> so he basically inquires about getting a hold of some of that stuff. They say sure. Here's this handwritten note that. You know, if the police ask you something, you know, it might get you. OK, so he goes out there with a buddy. They pick over some stuff while he's there. He runs into a guy that's living on the base who says he remembers him that he was his boss when he worked at the base. Yep. Even calls him out by name. Everything <laughs> tells him where he used to work. So, again, this is this Preston Nichols guy's. like, I don't remember this place at all, but yet supposedly he was a boss there. Mm-hmm. So the guy that he's got helping him pull all this equipment out is a psychic guy, and he's like, hey, do a psychic reading on me right now. So the psychic guy does a psychic reading on him right this minute, and he starts telling him all this stuff about when he was there and when he worked there and all this kind of stuff, and a lot of it is correlating with what this other guy had said. So it's starting to feel like he, you know, he basically lived another life where he worked on this base, but he doesn't remember any of it. Um, so then uh, fast forward a little bit, He uh, uh, starts to recall or uh, go through the time when he did work on the base and also he was working for this other company which he gave a fictitious name for I think it was like BLJ or something like that but um, and he he realizes that he was basically at one point in time working both locations but somehow he was getting uh, blanked out for the time he was working on the base. And the time that he was working on the base, he was actually like a director of the program.
1: Yeah, he wasn't no just dude. He was a main dude.
2: And so one day he's like, he's there. And um, he he had like a, a, a realization that maybe he worked in this one section. So he decided to tempt fate. So he goes over to the security guard and he hands him his old badge for the section he was in. The security guard just hands him a new badge for the section that he thought he was supposed to be in. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're supposed to be here. He goes in, he finds this office with his freaking name on a desk plate. He sits down and rifles through the papers, and <clears throat> then, like, a couple of days later, he tries to go back and do it again, finds the office has been cleared out. Security asks him what he's doing there. Uh, this guy pulls him off to the side and says, if you say anything about what you thought you saw, you'll never see the light of day. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, he digs a little bit more. Something about uh, he's installing some sort of an antenna called a Delta T antenna. And I have not had a chance to really research into what that is, but um, something to do with a Delta T uh, antenna has something to do with being able to pick up radio waves from time or something like that. So the more he's working on it and the more exposure he has to the stuff that's flowing into the antenna, it basically starts to bridge the gap. And he now merges his two timelines together. Mm -hmm. And now he can both remember both timelines. And so he he recalls everything that was happening uh, when it was at the military base.
1: Yep. Him and a number of other folks. Yep. Um, And, in fact, I believe when he's, like, looking through all, like, the stuff, looking for the um, pieces of radio and stuff, he even finds, like, an elevator that had been, like, cemented in, uh, things like that, that he saw, which was the elevator he had a memory of that went down, like, 12 floors. Yeah. um, All kinds of stuff that when he was there in the modern day that it was all cemented over.
2: Yeah. Um, And so he is like um starts starts recalling how uh, this guy that uh sought him out one day um when he was still in the modern day doing his investigation uh comes into his life and i think if i remember correctly his name was like um cameron or 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 something like that but uh I don't, his names aren't really important but <clears throat> um for the purpose of this uh story right. but but he he comes into his life and he you know and his his psychic friends like i get a bad vibe about this guy so i'm just i'm not gonna duncan right there's
1: right. uh duncan cameron
2: there you go duncan cameron mm-hmm. so um
1: they were duncan cameron and al bielik were the two guys that claimed to have jumped from the deck of the Eldridge while it was in hyperspace
2: right and so that's how he ends up in present day 1970 something uh mm-hmm. from 1943 yep and so um so this guy Duncan Cameron comes around his psychic, you know, um, Nichols psychic buddy says, I'm getting a bad vibe off of this guy. So I'm going to, you know, leave leave now and I'll catch up with you later. So they start piecing things together. Duncan's like, Hey man, we, we worked together. You were my boss. And he starts telling him all this stuff that, that they did together when they were working on the project. Um, and, uh, so they get really close and, and, um, Nichols has him do some sort of a, a regression and it comes out that uh, cameron was actually programmed to infiltrate Nichols, uh kill him and then burn down his lab yeah and so cameron's like well i'm you know now that i know that that was what i was programmed to do i'm gonna not do that and i'm gonna help you do whatever we can to to figure out what happened here so they start looking at the, the past memories, and they realize that um, basically Duncan Cameron was, like, the key to making all this stuff work. Yeah, you um, had
1: him, and uh, also Stuart Swerdlow was another one that had the psionic faculties.
2: Yeah. So um, they basically, they, they built all of their machinery around around, around these, these two guys who had these faculties to be able to do what they needed to do. Um, and so one of the things that they uncovered in their kind of investigations is, and I, and I found this really interesting when I was reading through it, um, is there's a wavelength that somewhere between 420 and 450 hertz, where um, if you uh, run that wavelength, you can actually um, uh, reprogram or program, if you will, Uh, People to do things like you could they found that they could uh, program animals to behave a certain way like run off of a run off of a preservation into town or jump through windows they they could program people to commit crimes go on a crime spree they could
1: and supposedly they did that to a lot of homeless folks yeah uh, in the neighboring area um, of Long Island and things like that a lot of homeless folks got messed with. And uh, I learned there's a lot of homeless people that apparently were in shelters throughout the years that had memories of all of this.
2: So I, I was looking into it uh, as a side, and I noticed that um, 432 hertz is apparently the tone. There's a lot of binaural beats out there with 432 hertz, um, and that's the tone that is aligned to the root chakra. Or chakra, whichever is the right pronunciation. According to um,
1: Santosh, it's chakra.
2: So, um, but that's aligned to the to the root chakra. And also, if you uh, listen to meditation that uses a four hundred thirty-two hertz, that's supposed to really open up your uh, your mind and be able to um, get to areas of your mind that you can't normally get to. Is that also
1: the God tone? Is that the same?
2: No, the gut tone is like 31.57. Oh, okay. Like
1: I, I didn't know if they were one and the same. So, uh, my bad. I was wrong.
2: Oh, that's okay. Well, but uh, there's actually a really big argument out there um, uh, when I was looking this up. So, all of our music is pr- predominantly um, tuned to 440 hertz. And... There's a big um, controversy, apparently, between 440 and 432. And people say that if you actually tune your music to 432, you will make more of a connection to people because that's the tone that is the universal tone that actually gets to the core of, you know, the person inside the person, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so music that's actually tuned to 432 hertz has a more uh impactful um to to the listener and they're more apt to continue to listen to it and and buy everything that comes out and so on and so forth so if we do another uh dome chance we're gonna make sure it's at 432 hertz so
1: done i'll let you do the producing on that one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) so um but uh, so yeah so i thought that was interesting that you know he calls out the range of when they were you know somewhere between 420 and 450 and then there's all this stuff around 432 being kind of the universal uh frequency mm-hmm. so um so anyway so they're messing with people and and um and then they get to the point where they build this machine and they this I thought this was really cool, too. They have this chair. Yeah, the Montauk chair. The Montauk chair Yeah, is placed in the middle of these uh, three coils that are placed in, like, a, a triangle around the Montauk chair. And um, when Duncan uh, is sitting in the Montauk chair, it amplifies his ability. And so it kind of reminds me um, of the... Uh, what's the thing from X Men that that uh, what's
1: yeah this? the uh, um, oh my god I can't think of the name of it <laughs> not Mobius um,
2: no what's it called the uh, magnification chamber I don't know <laughs> I'm just totally drawing a blank on what it's called right now I
1: know me too
2: um Cerebro Cerebro, Cerebro.
1: Yeah. that's what it is
2: yeah so um I thought but was yeah Celebrex. so that's <laughs> that's what it kind of reminds me of. <laughs> is that kind of amplification. So they find out that while they're using this uh, chair and, they're, and they can do different frequencies, that they can actually get um, Duncan to um, like per- bring things into physical shape. Like if they get him to focus his mind on an apple, it will bring an apple into, into existence. Mm-hmm. If they get, his, get him to focus his mind on a building, a building will spontaneously... Exist uh, on the base, um, and then as soon as they turn the machine off, whatever it was disappears. Mm-hmm.
1: Except and for this junior, huh? You're gonna talk about junior? Go ahead. So, junior is one of the things uh, that kind of brought the Montauk program to an abrupt halt because Cameron created some sort of Bigfoot monster. That was brought into form and proceeded to wreck the base was one of the things. And this is where cryptids get involved into this because there are people in Montauk that still say that they see Junior running around on in the state park because Montauk is now uh, a state park there Mm -hmm. that many people believe that, uh, quote unquote, Junior never disappeared, that Junior stuck around (laughs) still like messing with stuff uh, in the
2: park. Well, so I'm going to bring this a little bit in the modern day and it back a little bit to when we had uh, Johnny E. L. Tenney on the show mm-hmm. talking about the Internet being a psychic um, network. And if if a guy uh, who has uh, outstanding psychic psychic abilities could sit in a chair around three um, you know, frequency enhancers and do that. Imagine if you had an entire global world with whatever psychic people are in that world, unbeknownst to them, um, you know, with all the think about all the radio waves that were bouncing around from satellites to Wi-Fi signals and cell phone signals and all that other kind of stuff that are bouncing around all over the place. Have they basically created a worldwide amplification unit? And then all they have to do is influence the um, intention of the people on the planet to manifest things.
1: And it's interesting you brought up Tenny because we talked to Tenny about this. And I know you may not remember because I was the only one that was deep in Montauk at that point. Um, But in in the Montauk project, you know, uh, there's a point where Nichols discovers... Um, through some of the papers that he found a certain type of uh, speaker and amplification system that um, I don't remember which company but it was like a a very popular sound company like Maxwell or something like that that had made these certain devices for the Montauk project there were only like four or five or six or whatever ever in existence and two of them happened to be at this farm that they found out that this guy this old guy had these two things at his farm and uh, so Nichols goes out there And the guy wants like $5,000 a piece for them. like, Cause he's like, oh, he's he's kind of a jerk and blah, 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 blah. And uh, Nichols is like, I just don't have that kind of money, man. But then like a year later, the guy calls him is like, my memories came back. I was also there. That's how I came into having these. I want to give them to you and like Nichols goes out there and talks to this guy and this guy shares his entire experience of being at Montauk because his memories came back Mm -hmm. and just gave him this equipment and I and I remember we brought this up with John Tenney because he had talked about someone he met that had a similar story and I was like I wonder if this is the same thing like about a guy going to a farm to get this equipment and stuff it man it sounded like the same story.
2: Well, <clears throat> when they were talking about all the different things they were able to do with this equipment and with different radio frequencies, like they were able to, basically, well, with all these people as a fine example, but erase people's memories or not erase, but but suppress the memories. Right. Um. They were able to. They were able to find frequencies where they could stop a motor from running, like all vehicle, like vehicles, trucks, and jeeps and stuff driving around the base would just shut down for no reason um they uh uh, what was it they found a frequency where they could make um things like levitate off the ground it really made me think though about a lot of the early um ufo encounters where people's cars would just shut down for no reason um and then you know like not just the electrical pieces like the actual internal combustion engine would just stop working um and so it really makes me think if the frequency that they found if a because there is some theory that some of those early contactee cases were actually the military uh messing with people trying to spread disinformation right. um, and then also um, or if they just happen to stumble upon the same technology that, uh, you know, the UFO occupants used for that kind of stuff as well. And, and so that's, you know, to getting back a little bit to the Montauk chair, um, there was actually uh, three iterations of the Montauk chair. And the third iteration of the Montauk chair was supposedly provided by um, the Syrians, or the people from sirius right so now we've got that's what makes this
1: story so compelling is because we're hitting a lot of paranormal topics at once we're hitting cryptids we're hitting time travel we're hitting psychic um, powers uh you know experiments and the like we're hitting some of the cool you know stuff from the nazis like all kinds of crazy stuff that we've talked about and now we're really getting into extraterrestrials and this this idea that Um, This intergalactic force that we've talked about a number of times, this intergalactic council, so to speak, are working with the government. And so the Syrians, yeah, just like you were talking about from Sirius, were providing us with this stuff.
2: Well, and and with the intent of being able to do mind control, like that was the whole like they knew what the chair was Mm -hmm. for. Yep. They gave it to us for that purpose yep. And, and and then later on there was like another part where they couldn't figure out how to expand the range of uh, the signal and so the orions from orion mm-hmm. uh, apparently gave us the technology that we needed to expand the signal so like here we have the orions and the syrians kind of working together which tends to go against a lot of the thought that like you know the ryan's are where good aliens come from and the syrians are where bad aliens come from (laughs) right yeah i don't
1: know i well i mean they weren't really working together so to speak you know but they both had a a a vested interest common friend is that what you're saying yeah you know the friend of my enemy is my friend or the enemy of my friend is my friend
2: i think it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend
1: sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe your mandela effect says opposite uh, yeah maybe yeah the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend my correct friend. thank you that's what i was trying to say
2: yeah so um but yeah so yeah like you said there's some extraterrestrial pull in there as well and so you're right i mean this this whole um account has a little bit of everything and there's there's even parts where he's talking about um somebody uh, later on started having like all kinds of stuff messed with in his house with like uh, cabinet doors being open. Like he thought he had a poltergeist, but which fits a lot of your which fits a lot of the stuff that it's people, you know, basically, um, you know, and and it could have been like people were going in his house and doing all that stuff and then blocking his memories that they were there. He could have been doing it and they could have blocked, blocking the memories that he, that he did it to mess with him. So, I mean, um, Yeah, it just it pulls a lot of different things in. So (laughs) So, and some of it, man,
1: even strikes uh, me as reminding me of some of the Teeter stuff, you know, some of the um, things he talked about, like how the machine was built and things like that. You know, there are blueprints and stuff out there, supposedly of these machines as well. And some of them are similar to John Teeter's uh information you know just seems like teeters is more in the future right it's like so here's what it evolved to
2: right um well and and getting you know into a little bit of the top travel stuff they they soon realized that duncan cameron um could not only manifest things but he could manifest things in different time periods so if they told him to focus on 8 p.m he might he might really actually spawn that thing into existence at midnight yeah. Um, so if it was 8 p.m. now, they might you know, spawn it into existence at midnight. Or if it was uh, midnight, he might spawn it into existence at, at, at 6 a.m. the next day. Um, so then they started realizing that, hey, um, this guy can not only do all this stuff in present time, but he could do all this stuff into the future and then potentially into the past as well. And so um, in admittedly i've not gotten into the part of the book that goes into the detail of all the time travel shenanigans that that went on so Stefan, uh, do you have anything that you can uh, add to the story or the conversation as it relates to all that because all i know is that at the end of the day they opened up a huge vortex and then
1: yeah i mean they opened up a huge vortex uh you know crazy stuff happened i mean they they were able to go into the future they were able to go into the past um it even gets further into some of the other books they talk about getting time locked um there's even like a theory in the uh i don't know if it's the next book or the book after where they talk about um they didn't like that cameron was not liking what was happening because they were wanting him to go back and to change things um in fact changing things such as like the outcomes of the civil war or different things like that that he was able to go back um and so they time locked him apparently supposedly in this vortex so they went back and uh, this is where it gets really sci-fi but they went back and convinced his father who apparently also worked for different government organizations um went back and had uh him sire a different son but they put cameron's soul into that which is where sometimes you'll hear the term the cameron boys because there were two of them because uh the one that existed in this timeline one that existed in a new timeline but was able to merge over into this timeline Mm. and so that there were two cameron boys both
2: sharing his soul well and what what's really interesting is is really early early on in the book um they somehow did um uh, a brain scan of cameron And um, basically found out that he was brain dead. Mm -hmm. But because of his uh, psychic ability, um, he was basically able to keep himself going just based off of that psychic uh, energy versus having an actual, the brain capacity to keep his body functioning. Yeah. Um, They like went and did like a brain scan and they said, you know, all the areas that you see here that are lit up in blue are basically non-functioning. And all the areas that are red are are consuming oxygen, and most of his brain was blue. So, yeah. Um, and to give you a quick sidebar,
1: and I don't know if if you were planning on talking about this, but one of the big reasons why the Montauk Project has made a huge comeback in terms of people's existence because, of course, he you know they wrote these the first book uh in 1982, you know, and the series of books later on, and uh, I think Peter Moon is still continuing. He Peter Moon helped write the second book and, and all the rest. Um, but the, the reason is, is because Stranger Things, the show Stranger Things, uh, is loosely adapted based off of this story. Their ideas of the psychic experiments and the things like that, the stuff that happened to Eleven and Stranger Things were some of the th- same things, um, that happened to Cameron at the Montauk Project. And so the writers there were fascinated by the Philadelphia experiment, uh, especially Al Belick, um, and, uh, you know the the Montauk project and stuff like that that they, especially that first season or two like that whole um the the organization where they get 11 from and all that all of that is very much inspired by the Montauk project hmm. so very very interesting stuff so it, it's 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 a hot it's a hot one right now
2: well and it and it's a it's a fascinating read um i have i have already picked up uh, the next couple of books in the series, um, that I want to get into, but I mean, it's, um, Yeah, Yeah,
1: because they I mean, they talk about it like, for example, like, you know, we talked about it briefly, but one of the very first experiments at the Montauk Project was the seeing eye. And this was like, say you could take a lock of a person's hair or some sort of appropriate object. And then Duncan would be able to concentrate on that person and actually be able to see as if he was seeing through their eyes, hearing through their ears, feeling through their body. He could actually see through other people anywhere on the planet. And so that was one of the first things. Of course, the military was really big behind us imagine being able to get in like say if in the 40s to look through hitler's eyes and see secret documents right and know what things are but where this really starts to correlate with stranger things is when um after the montauk chair kind of came in um the children this is where children um nickel says that there were boys that were abducted and were brought in and experimented on and they were even sent through a portal into unknown space time um there were some they say was sent back 10 years that would they would find 10 years older when they would find them you know um that there were uh, a number of they they call and these are the ones that show up like in that video like i told you they're called the montauk boys um and the number of men like these, these people from the uh, '70s, there, like all of a sudden, are having these memories. Of being displaced in time, being displaced, going through this portal, going through all these different things. Um, And they realized that not only were homeless people being abducted, but they're finding that a number of uh, children were abducted um, from their homes by Camp Hero scientists, which is the camp there at Montauk Project, because they wanted to break them psychologically so that they could implant subconscious commands. This all goes into that mind control, uh, just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, At one point when we get into the portal, so it says after several years of experimenting with Duncan in the Montauk chair, Nichols claims that they could reliably travel to other times and places, even to Mars. They say that they went to Mars. Eventually, they were able to program Duncan with some sort of basic command so that uh, he didn't need to be confined to the chair all the time because he was getting stressed out uh, being in the chair all the time. And the other guys that they had in the chair, just they weren't Duncan. Um, well
2: so they would they would have to recalibrate the machine to work with those guys right and they would also not do it completely and it could result in all kinds of Disastrous situations.
1: Exactly. And at one point, uh, Nichols' superiors told him to turn on the Montauk chair and just leave it on. Uh, this uh, happened uh, through August 12th, 1983. That's how long it stayed on. Um, it, I think it got turned off at that point. But as the story goes, by having another time travel machine switched on, the Montauk project successfully created a time wormhole to 1943, which is when the Philadelphia experiment happened. Um, with power at both ends. That's how Ed and Duncan Cameron of 1943 came through the portal and that uh, gets into the events described by Al Bielik of course with the Philadelphia experiment Um, and then Nichols kept the Duncan of 1943 away from the 1963 version so technically I guess there's three Duncans if we get into the second book as well but quickly realized that time travel was way too complex and far too dangerous to be messing around with by torturing children um and things like that so he and three colleagues hatched a plan to use duncan to shut down the project i mean it's just crazy man and well and
2: it's and i really like because in the very beginning of the book he you know he he says um this is written uh to be non-fiction mm-hmm. um and he talks about how there's a difference between soft facts and hard facts and it's like a lot of this book is full of soft facts, and soft facts don't necessarily mean that it's false. It just means that there's not enough evidence to prove it to be true. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he even he says uh, in the you know said at the very beginning of the book, this should be read as nonfiction. However, if it's hard for you to read this as nonfiction, you can read it as science fiction. Yep. And when you get into
1: the following books, they tend to feel way more sci-fi. And a lot of people at that point feel like that they did because Peter Moon came in and got involved with it, that that the publishers were pushing really hard and pushed for them to just write books um, at that point, that the first one is the only one that has any elements of truth behind it, supposedly.
0: Yeah.
2: From
1: from from the from the thing from the people that believe this, you know, not many people believe the following books. Just the first one.
2: Yeah. Which I mean, the whole thing around, you know, getting another Cameron spawned in the past and putting his soul into that person.
1: Right. And You get into like heading to the pyramids and stuff like that, which of course, there are people think that that's where the idea of Stargate came from, the movie and TV show, because they open a portal and they go back to Egypt and and all kinds of crazy stuff later yeah. on in the books. So,
2: <laughs> but um, but you know, just just the one book though was enough to really draw some draw some correlations between. Uh, some stuff that's happening now, some other conversations that we've had, um, and just a lot of the even uh, UFO uh, experiences and things like that that were talked about and, and how different frequencies they found to do certain things. And, you know, everybody Absolutely. right now, everybody right now, you, you talk to uh, a lot of the, um, let's say, the spiritual side of, of this of stuff that's going on today. And everybody, like the, the common theme, I think, is that everybody is saying you need to raise your vibrational frequency. You need to mm-hmm. raise your frequency. Um, and so it really, you know, frequencies are, are very much in the forefront of a lot of that stuff today. And here's a book that basically at its core is just talking about the manipulation of frequencies to do all these different types of things.
1: I mean, I'm just telling you, I haven't I haven't read a book since reading Keel's books where I took pictures of the text to send to you and Santosh constantly. Yeah. Because yeah. so many things stuck out and answered questions um you know and then the research that i mean you talk about a rabbit hole that you can go on down it's the montauk project and getting into project rainbow and the philadelphia experiment and uh, i looked up remember i told you that there was a, a documentary that had dealt with it um well one of the people that it was uh in that doc it actually came from an episode of history channels dark files Uh, It was on an episode on the Montauk Project. There was a man named Christopher Garantano. Uh, He grew up on Long Island, spent years convinced that the government was hiding something sinister beneath Camp Hero. um, And he documents his search. Uh, in 2015's Montauk Chronicles, which is really interesting. That's where I watched a lot of great information on this, as well as that episode of Dark Files. And in that episode of Dark Files is where Christopher meets up with another person. This is the security guard, Mm -hmm. um, where they meet up with that security guard who's also um, had some issues there. And uh, so again, it's like, this is one of those things. It's like, before you discount... Uh, Nichols' story and Garantano's story and Duncan's story as being tinfoil crazy hat conspiracy nuts. Remember that there are substantial precedents, like validating the existence of secret military experiments. Yeah. I mean, we've got the Tuskegee study, we've got MK Ultra, um, and just uh, so much other stuff that's been out there that has come uh, come forth. I mean, uh, just Operation Paperclip uh, in, it, right. in and in itself. I mean, is is just this shit happens. And and again, not to sound tin but join the Illuminati, Illuminum Um yeah. Is is what have we not gotten disclosed yet? Right. Right. You know, had it not gone for like this huge, massive push in the Senate and the Congress to to get MK Ultra stuff revealed, they would have never done it. In fact, they freaking set right. on fire the majority of the files because they didn't want people to know. So it's like maybe you know, what if. This, his information, (coughs) excuse me, his information on Montauk came out, but no one believed him enough and they were able to get rid of all the files in time because they saw what happened with MKUltra, right? right? You know, because people are like, well, there's no proof. I'm like, what kind of proof do you need? This goes back to what you were saying about credible witnesses, right? What makes a credible witness? Preston Nichols seems pretty credible. Christopher Garantano seems pretty credible. You know, all these different people that are coming forward, and have come forward and said that, no, this is here. This is what happened to me. What's it going to take? What what is it going to take? I mean, this all boils down to, again, what happens even when we get disclosure? Right.
2: Right. Well, what's, what's it going to yeah. matter? Well, I mean, it, you know, and it's something we've talked about before, but I think the, the people who believe will continue to believe the people who are skeptics will continue to be skeptics and i and i and i and i was called out on using the term skeptic so i won't say skeptics i'll say the people who refuse the the people who are disbelievers will refuse will continue to be disbelievers absolutely because it's, it's okay to be a skeptic it's okay to ask questions and to probe and try to find the answers to things there's nothing wrong with being a skeptic but the people who just blindly disbelieve um, we'll continue to do so because, frankly, until they're standing in front of an extraterrestrial that's like walks up and shakes their hand, they probably won't believe. Because anything they see on TV, they'll say is fake. Anything they see in a picture, they'll say is fake. So even if even if the government was able to produce documentation that all this stuff happened, somebody somewhere would just say, "Yeah, well, always it's, we it's we just, get."
1: we get footage that's blurry and they say go oh, oh well look at this it's gotta be fake because uh you know why didn't you you got an hd camera why didn't you get it then we get hd footage and they go oh well obviously somebody used cgi and made that yeah there 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 is no video graphic <laughs> like proof yeah. that's going to be out there for someone
2: who doesn't believe exactly so that's what I'm saying. I mean, the the people who are non-believers will just continue to be non-believers, right? But
1: I mean, there there are little things that are still happening. So, for example, um, at the epicenter of the conspiracy surrounding Camp Hero uh, at Montauk, of course, is the Cold War era, uh, Sage Radar Tower, the big radar tower that they talk about. Uh, it was the mother station to a series of smaller manned radar towers that were located uh, uh, in the ocean along the East Coast there. Um, they said that this uh, was said to have afforded the US government an extra 30 minutes of warning time in the event of an incoming Soviet nuclear attack. It was very Cold War. Well, of the 12 such similar towers that were once scattered across the country, Camp Heroes at Montauk is the only one that still remains. Uh, It's of course a natural historical site. Uh, and instantly recognizable uh, in Long Island. You can't miss it when you're there. It's 90 foot tall concrete tower, 40 foot wide steel dish are visible for miles, but get this, and there are many reports of this. Although it's no longer active, it doesn't keep the dish from mysteriously changing positions continuously.
2: It's gotta be the wind
1: that they say it's too heavy that the wind does not blow it it's, yeah was, it's far too I, heavy but i mean i, I know was, what you're saying <laughs> but yeah i mean there are people that have looked into this it's um and that yeah it all mysteriously the, changes positions all the
2: birds land on
1: one side <laughs> Yeah, on one and side it, <laughs> and it moves uh, uh, the giant the bigfoot gets up there and goes <laughs> and it spins Uh, but yeah so very interesting lots of folks think that it's still there people think you know that the montauk base the one that went 12 stories down that went all the way under the town of montauk there are people that have been caught getting busted trying to get into manhole covers and many of the manhole covers have been cemented shut in montauk um certain ones but people say this must be an entrance to the old station or the station that still exists i don't know
2: well and and here's a here's a uh conundrum paradox whatever Um, if they did if they did open uh, a time vortex and that time vortex is still operating can they control the tower from the past
1: yes if what they say is accurate how that all they need are two similar devices on either end so uh, they really get into that into the book so it's like they can't just time travel wherever they want to like there has to be a device that's already there um or something along those lines for them to do it accurately right like they can send in information via psychically to the past and have someone build it um but they can so if it's if it's set in 1943 and they're in 1963 that's the only two times they can go to right mm-hmm. supposedly so yeah it's like maybe there's one that we have in 2021 but it's still sitting back in 1943 and they're back there exactly still controlling it it's it according to the information in that book it's possible or they're in 1983 controlling it right or in, yeah or in 1983 or um, well, probably not 1983, but because since the book came out in 82, but you know, but, well, but I mean, in, in in the in the time when the program was still operating, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, who? It may still be, like I said, we still still may be operating underground.
2: Well, I, I, and also, I mean, think about this, and this is a little bit of, a, of a Tom brainbuster here, but um, even though we're in 2021, 1971 is happening right now in 1971. Yeah. So um, we could if there is, in fact, a time vortex, things that are happening for us could still be happening from, from a previous time. Well, and get this, so we've talked, we talked about in our
1: Arizona High Strangeness episode, Dreamy Draw Dam, right, which was the Army Corps of Engineer. Well, guess who's yep. in charge of the park at Camp Hero there is the Army Corps of Engineers, who have for years been uh, working on it, and they say that they're still trying to ensure the safety of the visitors, making sure that there's no bombs or landmines or bullets or grenades, and it's been 40 years. <laughs> so... Um. Again, Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, just saying. I think, I, think they...
2: I. I think I see a FOIA in your future.
1: Yep, I'm still waiting to hear back from the FOIA for Dreamy Draw, man. But I don't think I had enough accurate information, so.
2: Gonna have well, to yeah, you it have up. to. You have to be very specific, like what date and time you're looking for. You know. Yeah. What... it's frustrating. What, what, where the sun was in the sky. I know, I know. It's so
1: frustrating because it's like, well, I need that information to have the specific information. Let (laughs) me
2: just, let me just open up a vortex, go back in time (laughs) and get that detail so I can submit it. Let me
1: get them deets, girl. Um, But yeah, (laughs) anyway, so the Montauk Project, we highly recommend checking out the book Montauk Project by Preston Nichols. Um, You can read the other ones as well. They're pretty interesting. I'm over halfway through the second one, but it it definitely feels out of place. It's very first person. It's very different. Um, uh, Things like that. There's a lot of information online, YouTube. I think that uh, Christopher Garitano, I think you can see his uh, doc that he did uh, on YouTube, I'm very certain it's on YouTube for free. Um,
2: there's just a lot of information there, and uh, we haven't even scratched the surface. On well, and in, in, if I could say, um, uh, the movie that would be fitting for 2021 would be a movie for Montauk Project.
1: Yeah. Like this
2: first book would be, make an excellent movie.
1: I, I've said that too. I've said that too. And, you know, I guess Stranger Things is as close as it's going to get, I guess. Yeah till then i mean they were more focused on the psychic powers and the the demigorgon and stuff like that which was their version of junior so yeah Anyways, thank you, Josh. Thank you for uh, taking a look at that. Uh, I've been wanting to talk to you about this for quite some time, so I'm I'm very excited. We finally found some time to dig into this. And uh, I just got this weird feeling this is gonna come up a lot more, um, especially into some of the stuff that me, you, Santosh, and Olaf are digging into. Um, You know, we're we're getting into some of that (laughs) craziness there that's happening over at Wristwatch, of course, which is our Patreon account um i i think that we're gonna find that some of this stuff may be connected some of this i don't even want to give away the some of the stuff if you want to find out you got to get on patreon patreon.com slash fearscape pod or fearscape podcast.com slash support join our patreon join the investigation with us man i'm telling you there's some crazy stuff happening and we're slowly releasing what the information that we're finding and it's it's fascinating
2: yep by all means fascinating
1: so but yeah let's go ahead and let's get out of here man i want to get to our listener story here um before we rock and roll but uh yeah i'm just still i'm still shaken because i just never have i been so i believe <laughs> before when i've read these books I, i've always had such a skeptic's eye but all of this i'm just like this just feels right mm. it feels right so, and, and I don't get that from the second book. So, I mean, it just tells you, it's like, there's just something about it, man. Montauk Project.
2: So real quick, while you're, while you're, while you're getting to the listener story, I want to add that I'm listening to a, a book right now by Valiant Thor that's talking about the secret underground bases in the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently there is uh, one of the last Lumerian cities under Mount Shasta.
1: Mount Shasta, yeah, I've heard that before actually. Well,
2: you should have because Olaf talked about it quite a bit. Ah, and, you know,
1: that's where. <laughs> yeah, tying it so back to Olaf.
2: Yeah, so I thought that was interesting that Olaf was talking about um, all the different stuff than things that he's seen out around Mount Shasta. Mm-hmm. And here, this book is talking about one of the last Lumerian cities is deep underground. Under you need Marcus. to drop that in
1: our WhatsApp to him. Uh, oh, I certainly add, will add that to the conversation. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so before we get out of here, of course, want to hit our listener story. You can send those into fearscape podcast at gmail.com or anywhere really that we're at. Um, but this one comes from a listener named Kenneth uh, out of Tennessee.
0: So I worked as a haunted tavern tour guide in Nashville, Tennessee, and there was one tour group that caught me off guard. A woman in the group pulled me aside at the second stop and said she was a medium. She was super uncomfortable being there. Uh, her in-laws had purchased the tour tickets for her and her family as a gift, so she, they thought she'd have fun. Uh, and that she said she needed some time to tell me some stuff that she had seen so far. So, we were at a stop. We were in the basement of one of the riverfront bars where slaves used to be chained to the walls before being shipped downriver in the mid-1800s. She told me that she saw a man chained to the wall crying and begging an unseen person to spare the life of this little boy. It gave me goosebumps, but I couldn't tell if she was messing with me or not. When we got to the final bar stop, I took my group upstairs to what used to be an apartment. I told the story of a woman who fell down the staircase and died and how everyone had assumed her husband had pushed her. He is still frequently seen standing at the top of the stairs by staff. The medium came up to me again at the end of the tour and she told me that that man didn't push her. He still stands there because he feels so guilty that he was not there to help her. She also told me that the original staircase was moved to its current location during a renovation. I took what she said with a grain of salt, so I decided to tell my boss everything she told me. Well, to my surprise, he confirmed that the staircase had actually been moved many years ago, just like she said, but there was no way she could have known. I belie—I believed her after that, and I never looked at that tour the same way again. Hmm.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm
1: so you know here's here's a guy that got pudding in a very different kind of way <laughs> you know what i mean like i can imagine yeah. being told but, that because you know it's like connor when connor told us some of his stories from working at uh the shining hotel the stanley hotel there right some of the things like he would have a psychic that would come in sometimes and be like hey this happened and he's like how did you know that <laughs> <laughs> just those things that confirm for you yeah exactly So, but thank you so much, Kenneth, for sending that in. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, But Josh, I want to get out of here. Just want to remind people to check out fearscapemedia.com for all of our other um, fearscape, Uh, media network shows you can also go to the google play store right now and uh, pick up our app for free has every one of our podcast shows on there Um, so you can have quick access to every single show like misters of the dark ghosts in the attic bodies in the basement memories of kane etc etc you'll want to check that out it's free Uh, should be coming to the apple store eventually so yep um, we'll be getting that there for all you freaks that use apple (laughs) Um, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for tuning in as you usually do. We are so thankful every week to have this opportunity to share all this information with you. Um, but we're going to get out of here again, like I said. Uh, so I'm going to wrap things up by saying, thank you. This has been Stefan. Keep your eyes to the skies.
2: This has been Josh. The truth is now.
1: And remember folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to fearscape good night everybody good night we hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us and we thank you as always for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek Fearscape forward slash support.